0: The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the POM Squad, pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast.
1: What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato. Sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Muns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. It's um, been a pretty eventful week in college athletics. Uh, not necessarily from a Memphis basketball perspective. It finally feels like things have calmed down um, in terms, you know, after after an exhilarating offseason capped off by the commitment and signing of Amani. Eights. um Memphis basketballs kind of settled into it it's, it's a I don't know if it's preseason yet it's it's all they're back at school doing workouts ahead of preseason practices starting in about a month from now um but off the floor there's been all sorts of movement because of conference realignment and and, and I and, and what hasn't been discussed as much because conference realignment is Um, mainly a football thing. It's driven by football, driven by money. Um, Usually basketball is kind of a secondary consideration, but I do think what's happened with the AAC this week um, has some implications for Memphis basketball. Um, So we're going to dig into what conference realignment means for Memphis basketball, and and then maybe later on we'll, we'll get into to the Tigers' non-conference schedule because, and this is a little clue, I think the biggest change for Memphis basketball due to conference realignment is going to be the non-conference schedule uh, as long as Memphis is in this uh, bizarro AAC um, that they're in at the moment, it appears. So if you've been living under a rock, the news is uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are leaving for the Big 12. And obviously, in Houston and Cincinnati, you're losing probably over the last five, six, seven years, your two strongest teams within the league, um, your two best teams within the league. Um, maybe not biggest brand. Memphis is up there in terms of brand. But in terms of results, those two schools have had 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 given you consistent results in the AAC, consistent NCAA tournaments for the most part. And then UCF had made the tournament a couple times as well as a member of the AAC. Um, And so there's no getting around it, um, whether it's football or basketball, losing those schools to the Big 12 is a
0: blow to both Memphis and the AAC. Um, I think it's worth pointing and, out also that this is right on the heels of the uh, AAC losing UConn, which you know yes. UConn wasn't UConn wasn't a world beater uh, in in recent seasons, but they were a quality member of this league and had they won
1: two national titles. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. the only team in the league to have won the, they won a national title as an AAC member. Um, right. They had you know we're talking brands, you know they probably have the be- had the best brand of all. Uh, yeah. In the a- in the AAC, yeah. So this comes, uh, this comes,
0: yeah. This comes on the heels of that, and so it kind of only, uh, you know, it makes it sting a little bit more, I guess. That that you lose UConn, um, you know, before this past season, and now. Well, you and know, it
1: felt like you could overlook the UConn thing a little bit because, like, well, we still got Houston, we still got Cincinnati, you know, was, that, you know. We still, yeah. Yeah, like Wichita's here. Like you could overlook it a little bit, um, whereas now, now, yeah, you're right. It does feel like an extra whammy on top of all of this. Um, but and so, what Memphis is left with right now, um, and and you know the AAC is going to expand, but let's say they go grab a bunch of Conference USA or Sun Belt teams. Um, Or frankly, even if they go out West, you're looking at a league that is that more that pretty closely resembles what Memphis was in in Conference USA, where, you know, they won 60 some odd conference games in a row under John Cal Perry. They were rarely challenged, you know, every now and then UAB or UTEP would have a team that would give them a game, you know, but for the most part, they were running roughshod over the league and I'm not saying that's necessarily going to be the case now, but in terms of prestige of the programs, like the prestige of the programs that are left is just not—it's not great. They don't, none of them have the tradition Memphis does. And so, I think the biggest effect for Memphis is—is is I think moving forward, if you're Penny Hard, like I don't think this is going to affect Penny Hardaway's recruiting. Um, you know, it's not like Amani Bates is coming to Memphis to play even Houston or Cincinnati, you know, he's coming to play for Penny Hardaway. And we saw John, John Calipari recruit effectively to the, to come once upon a time. Um, where I think it's going to affect Memphis is, is you have to upgrade the non-conference schedule significantly. Like I think, per, you know, say that saying, and not saying this, this year's non-conference schedule is pretty good. Uh, all things considered, but I think because you're not going to have two games against Houston, because you're not going to have two games against Cincinnati anymore, um, I, I think you're going to want to you you want to schedule more like Gonzaga does now, where you're kind of t- taking on all comers and non-conference play, because for NCAA tournament purposes, you're going to need those wins uh, if you want to be an at-large team, um, because. You know the the way this league looks right now, the AAC, it doesn't look like a league that's going to generate. Uh, you know, like already the AAC was struggling to get three teams in the tournament every year. Like, do we really think without Houston and Cincinnati and UCF uh, that they're suddenly going to get three or four teams in? No, it's going to going to be more like two, or maybe even just a one bid league. Sometimes that that's that's my sense, that's my read of things right now. Um, and so if you're Memphis, I, I think you need to schedule. I think the non-conference scheduling becomes becomes paramount. And frankly, it becomes really tricky because the one problem with you know, in theory, it sounds great. Let's schedule like Gonzaga does. But then when you look at the fine print, well, Gonzaga, it's not like a bunch of teams are going into Spokane and playing Gonzaga. I know UNC did it a couple years ago. Um, now that Gonzaga's brand has been developed, but you, you're not going to be able to. You, they don't. Gonzaga goes and plays a bunch of neutral site games against good teams, and Memphis does that somewhat, but they're also hampered by the fact that they have this contract with FedEx Forum, where they have to play a set number of games at FedEx Forum every year. They can't just go out and play a bunch of neutral site games. Um, So I think think for Penny Hardaway, when you look at this, it's not recruiting where I think this is going to have the biggest effect. To me, when I look at conference realignment from Memphis basketball's perspective, it's one, obviously the quality of the league, but then two, non-conference scheduling. What say you, Jason?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, so Penny has been pretty outspoken in, in the last couple of seasons about how difficult it has been to get quality... You know, like upper echelon uh, type programs to come into Memphis and play them. And you know, you you talked about this year's non-conference schedule. Yeah, you've got Alabama on the uh, on the schedule. You've got St. Louis. You've got Western Kentucky coming to uh, coming to FedEx Forum. But you know, it, it's you're you're gonna have to even probably do better than that. Don't you think? I, I mean, like when you heard Penny, Penny
1: was trying to get another team to come to FedEx for him. He Couldn't do it. He couldn't yeah. convince anyone to do it. Um,
0: right.
1: So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think you're right.
0: You, you, no, you're right. That that is going to be the biggest challenge. Is is um, and it, and it's already a challenge. Uh, so it's even going to be made uh, an even an even bigger challenge to um, to do. It's it's like. It's 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 more imperative to do it, but it's going to still be just as hard to do it. Um, you don't you don't have to do it as much right now, given the current makeup of the league. But what, but you 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 take away Houston, you take away Cincinnati. I looked it up: Houston, Cincinnati, and Wichita State. Either two or all three of those teams. Have finished in the top three in the AAC each of the last five years. Either two of those teams or all three of those teams have been in the top three uh, in the final regular season standings of of the AAC the last five years. And and you're losing two of those teams. So um, now
1: now maybe I think maybe maybe if you're Memphis, you can convince like Houston to do a non-conference series with you. Maybe you you know? yeah, you think Cincinnati? Maybe you know that might those might be options for you in non-conference way. Maybe you don't lose them all together. Um, I heard rumblings that, you know, Penny and Dan Hurley have a decent relationship. I heard rumblings that they've been talking to UConn about doing a series with them, maybe. Um, that Those are options, too, to kind of stem the tide a little bit. Uh, I, I'm curious. We talked about this on the football podcast with Evan Barnes, which you can go listen to over at commercialpeel.com um, or on any anywhere where you get podcasts. Um, but what what do you think,, uh, in terms of what the AAC should do here? Um, obviously, if you're Memphis, uh, no matter what the AAC does at this point, you're just hoping you're included in the next round of real life. Like, ultimately that's what you're you're just hoping, hoping and praying the next time the big twelve expands that you make the cut. But in the short term, long term, whatever you want however you want to look at it, if you're the AAC, what are you doing to respond to the to these defections? How, what type of teams are you looking to add if you're the AAC?
0: Well, to your point, we should note that um, there are rumors or... Uh, the,
1: the Texas Tech president or the Texas Tech AD right. said on the radio earlier this week or over the weekend that the, he basically opened the door to this is just the first round that this is a years-long process. I believe he said a 10-year process, but I suspect it will be quicker than that. But basically, the Big 12 is going to expand again, Yeah. Um, whether it's because the Pac-12 comes and poaches some teams um, or you know the Big 10 poaches some teams and the Pac-12 poaches some teams, or if it's just once Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12 officially – the Big 12 wants to get to 14 or 16 teams, like there's going to be another round of this at least. Um, And certainly if you're Memphis, you know, the doomsday, like I don't think we're in the doomsday scenario yet. Um, Like I know a lot of fans are upset about this and rightfully so Memphis getting left out, but I don't think we're at the end of the world stage of things just because there is this, you know, this reality that, whether the Big Twelve looks like it does currently or not, there's a chance Memphis still will get the call up, so to speak, uh, in the in the next couple years. Um, now, if they don't make the cut again, then you're looking at your doomsday snare, because then it's like, well,
0: we're this is this is where we're stuck. It appears. Yeah. Um, but well, you and I talked about this before, and I think I think we. We kind of agree and disagree on on ha- how the AAC should address, uh, you know, backfilling slash expanding um, to account for the for the departures of these of these three programs. Um, you know, I think I think the automatic knee jerk uh, most popular choice would be to go and get to start with a, a, a program like Boise State, right? But what makes that so difficult is that if the texas tech ad and all the rumors that are out there right now that the big 12 is only just beginning that there's going to be a second wave well if you're boise state don't you don't you stand pat don't you expect that you'll probably be in that conversation of the next wave so so would uh, a, a school like boise state um you know just automatically jump if the AAC if they were even interested in joining the AAC uh, would they would they do well, so? They,
1: we know they were a year a year ago. They, they were, were interested in joining the AAC a year ago. Boise State.
0: Yeah. So but would they still be if they yeah. thought that they had a realistic shot of being part of the next wave of Big Twelve uh, expansion? So. You know, there's that part of it, but uh, you know, you brought up some programs like San Diego State and UNLV. Um, I think there's probably uh, some merit to uh, to to bringing in. Obviously, from a football standpoint, that's um, you know, those those are programs that you would like if you were the AAC. You would like to bring in football programs like that, as opposed to you know, football programs potentially like, uh, some of those, you, 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 mentioned the, uh, their old conference USA brethren, the, the UABs of the world and the, um, the, uh, uh, Southern misses of the world, uh, you know, that, that, that might not be the, those aren't the sexiest moves of, of all time. If, if the AC is to, is to do that, especially from a, uh, you know, from a, a basketball standpoint. I mean, both those schools have have solid football programs or have traditionally. Um, So, you know, I I think that it's probably some mix of both. I mean, I think Louisiana Tech's going to be in the conversation. I think Western Kentucky is probably going to be in the conversation. Um, You know, the other thing is market size. I mean, you're losing Houston, Cincinnati and Orlando. Uh, the AAC is yeah, well, and
1: that's so, why like teams like UTSA, Charlotte are getting yeah. traction um, because of that, because you can add some Martin, San Antonio and Charlotte. My, my my thinking on this, Jason, is that, you know the the reason why it hurts so much that Cincinnati, UCF and Houston are leaving is that, in terms of how they thought about athletics, they were like they were like minded with Memphis. They all aspired whether it was realistic or not they all aspired in basketball and or football to be you know among the very best um you know whether it's ucf and football and houston and cincinnati in both sports and they they and even ucf and basketball has has you know again they've made the tournament a couple times over the last five years or so but they were like-minded in that they they were aspirational. Like Memphis is aspirational. Like Memphis in football, in, in basketball certainly, but football too. They like you know they want to be competing among the very best. Like Memphis football wants to be playing Ole Miss and Mississippi State and you know Arkansas and and all that. And in basketball, you know Penny wants to go to the Final Four and win a national championship. And What's disappointing is that it feels like the, the AAC they're left with doesn't have any other schools really that aspire like that. And my problem with the Conference USA and Sunbelt schools is none of them really aspire like that. The school only other schools I look at that are aspire like Memphis does, that are like-minded with Memphis, are out West. It's It's Boise State football. It's UNLV basketball. It's in recent the last decade San Diego State basketball. Um, historically, Colorado State football. Um, it's schools like that. And so if I'm looking at this in the short term, obviously, again, in the long term, you need to make sure you're included in the next round of realignment with the Big 12. But in the short term, at least... I'm, if I'm Memphis, I'm trying to align myself with the schools that think the most like me, regardless of geography, um, you know, and whether it's whatever the league is called, you know, whether, you know, like to me, if I'm Memphis, I don't care if the American folds at this point, you know, as long as I'm in, in with, in a league, you know, you maybe you take SMU with you and Tulane and, you know, a couple other schools. Yeah. I'm trying, you know, um, yeah, you know, there's, I don't, you know, it's tough. There's not a ton of, uh, options here, but you want to take, you want to be with schools that think like you do. And that's the part that hurts the most is that the three schools that thought the most like Memphis in athletics in the AAC are now gone. Um, four, if you include UConn, honestly, yeah. Yeah. um, and so I'm trying to get with schools that think like I do. And I think they're all out West.
0: No, that's a good point. I mean, you know, there's a case to be made for some, for a program. And and, and we're going back to the football conversation for a program like Appalachian state, um, you know, but the market size just isn't Boone North Carolina just doesn't move the needle market size wise. I mean, they've got, they've got a brand. They do have a brand and they do, they are like-minded. Um You know, and and there are others. I mean, you know, Louisiana Tech's done some good things uh, with this with its um, athletic programs. Um, You know, it it is. It's tough. It is. It is very, very tough. There's not. There's just not enough uh, programs that you might think would consider a move to the AAC that check all the boxes that you want them to check. And so, it's just going to be a matter of, I think. You know, finding the finding the programs that check the most boxes. It's it, I, I don't think there are any programs potentially outside of Boise State that, that check all the boxes. Um, so yeah, that's going to be the challenge.
1: Yeah. So uncertain times for Memphis athletics, unfortunately. Well, we mentioned non-conference scheduling and how that. I really do think that is going to be Penny's biggest challenge uh, as a result of all this moving forward. But let's take a look at this year's non-conference game. Let's look at happier things. Let let's let's move our attention back to this, you know, highly anticipated Memphis basketball season. Because you know what, the good news is Houston is going to be in the league this year. Cincinnati is going to be in the league this year. UCF is going to be in the league this year. Um, and so uh, those will all be good games for Memphis. But in non-conference, play, I actually think. The non-conference schedule that they've put together this year is the best since I've been here. In I got here in 2017, Um, and it it, it, you know I'm not saying it's the greatest non-conference schedule ever, but it's pretty good. Um, It starts on so you start on November 9th. That's the season opener against Tennessee Tech. Uh, Then you get. North Carolina Central on November 13th. Um, an, uh, I think an, an HBCU, but an upgrade on some of the HBCUs they've been getting in recent years. Like, North Carolina Central is, like, one of the best HBCU basketball programs, as opposed to playing, like, Mississippi Valley State or Tennessee State, who have been really down lately. Um, so that's a good game. And then your first kind of... Uh, First, I don't know if it's a marquee game, but it's one of your best uh, home non-conference games, and it starts a stretch of eight or nine games that are going to define Memphis's non-conference schedule. November sixteenth, St. Louis comes to FedEx Forum. St. Louis was a top-tier, uh, top-tier uh, eight Atlantic Ten team last year, and then three days after that. Western Kentucky, who beat Memphis last year, you recall, <clears throat> up in uh, what was it? Uh, Super North Dakota, South Dakota., yeah. uh, up in South Dakota, um, they come to FedEx Forum as well. What do you make of those two non-conference home games, Jason, St. Louis and Western Kentucky, not necessarily marquee games, but also game, you know games against teams that have solid reputations.
0: That's it, solid. That's that's what I'm. Uh, that's that's the word that I was going to use to describe them both. I mean, Western Kentucky's probably going to take a step back. They lost Charles Bassey. Um, I, I I don't I don't know that they are going to be able to. Um, I don't I don't know that they've got anybody uh, like him. That uh, you know he was he was probably the biggest reason why uh, Western Kentucky uh, won that game last year. So. Um, just his presence overall, uh, did a lot of things for them, uh, but he's gone. So, um, and then St. St. Louis is, uh, yeah, they're, they're always, um, you know, going to be uh, pretty good and if not better than that. Um, so I think that's two really, uh, nice, solid games, uh, at home. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Then you've got, after that, Thanksgiving, we, over the Thanksgiving holiday, Memphis goes up to Brooklyn for the NIT season tip-off. Wednesday, November 24th, they play Virginia Tech. And then Friday, November 26th, they will play either Iowa State or Xavier, depending on what happens in these games. Uh, Virginia Tech, a team, in obviously in the ACC, that returns a lot of guys, um, a team that's expected to be a tournament quality team this year. Um, and I think that game will highlight, you know, with this team, with so many new guys, um, and especially those two freshmen, and how many guys they have on this team who could potentially play, um, I think it's going to highlight one of the, the early challenges for this team is going how quickly do they get it together. Like, how quickly do they establish roles? How quickly do they figure out the chemistry? Because we saw that was an issue last year in non-conference play uh, for this group. You do have the four veterans back. Um, but I do worry a little bit, and I I use worry very uh, – not in, like, a big sense, but my a slight worry of, you know, some of these early games, are they in danger at all of, you know, because – you know, especially against a team like Virginia Tech that's returning a ton of guys, they know who they are, um, could this be a game where they slip up a little bit just because they're still trying to figure things out? We've seen it in the past with some of these super teams that Kentucky and Duke have had. They, ha- they are prone to having some slip-ups at the beginning of the season as they figure things out. Um, wh- how do you look at that Brooklyn trip?
0: Well yeah no I think it's I think it's what what so let's see they they play two exhibition games then four regular season games so you know uh, four plus games under their belt by this stage by the time they get to Virginia Tech I, I agree with you it's it's uh it feels like um, you know a, a, a matchup that is like on paper
1: Memphis is more talented than Virginia Tech they're better you know they they're more athletic more whatever, all, all more everything than Virginia Tech I just you know it's college basketball and it's yeah. one game and you know like I think Memphis in, on February uh 25th would 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 beat Virginia Tech but I do wonder on November 25th whether they will beat Virginia Tech
0: yeah I just I don't think that this team is is like last year's team in terms of uh, finding the chemistry and, and all that stuff. yeah, they got a, new, a bunch of new pieces, but they've got to just that we, we've talked about it all off season, this core, this nucleus of of um, really important players uh, back who uh, who who should be able to help um, steady the ship uh, early in the season.
1: All right, Jason, after that trip to Brooklyn, then Memphis has its first two true road games back-to-back at Georgia December 1st, at Ole Miss December 4th. Uh, two teams not expected to be contenders in the, uh, in the uh, SEC this year, but nonetheless, two road games against SEC teams. Uh, Georgia, who Memphis lost to... I guess it was like two years ago now at FedEx Forum and Ole Miss who they beat two years ago at FedEx Forum um, should be interesting tests just in the sense that it'll be the first time a, a lot of these guys play in front of a hostile crowd. Um, and, you know, ultimately it's going to be a weird scenario where Georgia and Ole Miss are the SEC teams, but they will be the underdogs trying to take down Memphis in these games. Um, it kind of it kind of continues this nice trend that Penny did with this schedule. Like it feels like the schedule builds. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you're, you're jumping into things all at once. It's not also not too easy. It's like there. It felt, feels like as you go through this with whether it's like you know you start out with Tennessee Tech and North Carolina Central, then you go St. Louis, Western Kentucky, then you get your two neutral site games. Now you're getting the two road games. It's building. Um, and it feels like those are games, frankly, when you're looking at this from a resume perspective, like, I don't know how much those games are going to help you a ton if Georgia and Ole Miss are what people think they're going to be this year. But I do think losing them would hurt you because they're going to, you know, if they're middle of the pack SEC teams, it's not going to look good on your resume having a loss against one of them, even if it's on the road.
0: Right No, I agree, but I do think that um, just the way the the schedule uh, builds out, that um, these might be more of a of a potential for a trip up than the than the Virginia Tech um, interesting trip. Just because you know, like those 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 uh, games up in Brooklyn, that, that they're separated. There's an off day in between, and it's Thanksgiving. Uh, is the off day in between. So they're gonna be up there for a decently extended period of time. You know, two 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 years ago, was it? They went up there for just um, you know one one game. They were up and back uh, in a day in a, in a couple of days. This is going to be an extended trip um, uh, up there. And then, you know there's not a huge uh, you, you get a couple of days in between before you have to go over to Georgia on a Wednesday on December 1st and then you have to go you know you go from there back home and I know it's not a long trip to Ole Miss but it is a, another road game in front of another hostile crowd um, and and yes those teams aren't supposed to be uh, part of the you know SEC's the cream of the SEC's crop this year but um like you mentioned, they're, they're road games, and, and and they will be Memphis's first uh, two true road games of the season, and that is, you know, that that's that could that that to me has better potential for a slip up than yeah. than uh, the Thanksgiving trip.
1: I think I think that's a decent point. I think Virginia Tech's a better team, but playing on the road is never easy, especially those first road games for some of these guys in an environment like that. Then. December 10th or 11th, Memphis will play Murray State. I I think we're all just going to start calling this the John Morant game. Um, It was set up. uh, My gut tells me it says it's December 10th or 11th, which is Friday or Saturday. Um, But I'm pretty sure they set this up because they wanted it to be a doubleheader of some kind with a Grizzlies game. And when the Grizzlies schedule was released, the Grizzlies are playing Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So this is either going to be a Friday night game or a Saturday 11 a.m. or noon game um, because and and I think frankly you know there'll be some Murray State fans. I think the whole point of this is you get Murray State. You know the Grizzlies, Murray State fans will stay for the Grizzlies game. Now you know we'll see how many tickets are available given the hype uh, for this season. Um, but that'll be an you know Murray State's always. Uh, you know, always, it, it's a it's a good mid-major program, um, not just when John Morant was there. Like, they've, you know, they've had, stay, you know, campaign, when Campaign was there, when Isaiah Cannon was there, they've had staying power over multiple coaches. Um, they're a contender every year in the Ohio Valley Conference. So I think a good non-conference game, a good buy game to have. Like, this is a team that is not going to be 250 or below in Kenpom. You know, it's going to be a nice, non-conference game for you and then um, you got the two big ones back to back the two biggest non-conference games Alabama on December 14th at FedEx Forum an Alabama team that's been consistently ranked in the top 15 in a lot of these uh, national pundits preseason polls uh, coming off an elite eight appearance and then you got the game in Nashville against Tennessee on Saturday December 18th. Um, you know, those two games are really going to define, I think, the non-conference play, non-conference schedule. You go 2-0 and in those games, you're feeling really, really good about the type of team you have because, you know, Tennessee seems to be a top 25 type team and Alabama seems to be a top 15 type team. The, two of the best teams in the SEC this year. If you can beat both of them, uh, be a really good sign for what this team's capable of.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, you you talked about the structure of the schedule earlier, and I just think that that's, you know, it doesn't culminate. This this isn't the end of uh, non-conference play. You do still have Alabama State, and I think there's going to be one more, you know, uh, low major game that's added uh, at some point in December. Um, I think that's what's going to end up happening with that last spot. But uh, so so where it falls, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I do think it's going to be sometime in December though, but um having these two games sort of leading into your conference schedule is is big i I think it's going to do a lot and yeah if you can if you can win both um talk about momentum that's that would be huge
1: and we should point out tickets for that game against tennessee at bridgestone arena in nashville went on sale we're recording this thursday morning i believe they went on sale thursday at 10 a.m so if you haven't bought tickets uh I imagine those things will go quickly because that's going to be a highly anticipated game. Uh, so maybe head over to GoTigersGo.com and buy your tickets now um, if you want to attend. Um, but and like you said, yeah, Alabama State and then closing out with a team maybe to be named later because although we we still don't know the conference exact, we know what teams Memphis is going to play, but we don't know the schedule for it yet in terms of AAC play some, you know, the, the Alabama state game is December 21st. Some t- in re- recent years, the AAC has started even non COVID years has started conference play before the new year. Like there's been a conference game right after Christmas type of deal. And so maybe that'll be the case again this year. I'm not a- entirely sure at this point, but I'm sure I, uh, it's weird that it hasn't been announced yet. I'm guessing we'll hear very soon what exactly the conference schedule looks like. But like I said, I think it's a it's a non-conference show. Again, not the hardest non-conference schedule, but I think a challenging one and a good one. And the, the best one of the Penny Hardaway era, and frankly the best one I've seen since I've been here. You've got a marquee home game in Alabama. You've got um, – Four SEC games total. Um, you've got three like you know good mid-majorish type games in Western Kentucky, St. Lynn I would say like Western Kentucky and St. Louis are like mid-major plus, and then you've got a mid- good mid-major in Murray State. You've got a good HBCU in North Carolina Central, and it, it, it's a it's a it's a nice schedule. And then oh by the way, you got that Lemoyne Owen exhibition game where Bonzi Wells will go against. Uh, Penny, Rasheed, and all you know the, the and Larry Brown and all that. So um, I think it it shapes up as a nice non conference schedule. That you know, frankly, if I'm Memphis Union, yeah, I, I think you know you know obviously you're they could go undefeated. There's this chance they'll be favored in every game of non conference play. I, I tend to think there's going to be a slip up at some point early on. Just you know, like it's not going to be perfect early on. Um and I but I do think you know if you're Memphis you want to make sure you win one of those two against Alabama and Tennessee at least you know I don't think you want to go zero and two in those games um, because those are your marquee games and we've seen in recent years not to say this team will be scrapping on the bubble but even for seeding purposes you know you need like the 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 committee looks at non conference closely. And, and getting at least one win from against one of those two teams in your back pocket will serve this team well come March
0: yeah it feels like it feels like there's a, a must win at least uh, one of those two is a must win uh, regardless of how uh, the rest of your non-conference schedule plays out I think uh, you 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 need, you know, you're going to need for one purpose or another, you're going to need something to that makes a statement. And those two games are your biggest chances uh, for that. Absolutely.
1: All right, Jason. Well, it's uh, we're getting closer and closer to the season starting. Um, I can't wait. You know, it's this is kind of the lull. This is the eye of the storm. We had the initial, yeah. we had the initial, we land, it hit landfall. Hurricane Tiger made landfall over August with Jalen Duran and and Amani Bates and Rashid Wallace and Larry Brown. Now we're in the eye of the storm, and and we're we're approaching though, the other side where the winds could pick up, could be could be heavy winds. Um, so we shall see. Mark, um, right. what's that? Mark,
0: the meteorologist. Yeah, there you go. Um,
1: All right, well, we will uh, break it all down. We'll break down something else next week because there's plenty to talk about with this team. Uh, But till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thanks so
0: much. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.